Yeah, welcome to the second season of the Niger Filmmaker, a podcast for us to talk about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Sela Gotts. On this episode, my guest is Karina. She is a film makeup artist. She has worked on blockbusters like Sugar Rush, Nigerian Prince, Elevator Baby, and Day of Destiny. We talk about film makeup, her process, and improvements that can be made to film crew remuneration. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Karina. You're welcome to the Niger Filmmaker Podcast. Thank you so much. So can you introduce yourself? Okay. Hi, my name is Karina. Um, I'm a film makeup artist. I'm based in Lagos. And I love what I do. Okay. Um, so yeah, how did you get started in um, film makeup? I, I wouldn't say it was like, oh, I've always wanted to do this. It wasn't intentional at all. Yeah. But... I thought about it, I was thinking, what can I possibly do? And um, what came to mind first was special effects, how to do that, and all of that. But as I you know, got into special effects, I loved that, and I started to like, go deeper and like, do the entire film makeup as a whole, the special effects, character, beauty, all of it entirely. So, that's how I started doing film makeup. You know, you've worked on um, Sugar Rush, MTV Sugar, Nigerian Trade, Barriga Sugar, Elevator Baby, Nigerian Prince, Rattlesnake, um, Day of Destiny. How has the experience been working on some of these big projects? Well, I mean, some were nice, some were not nice, um, but I think regardless, I appreciate um every type of experience because it would help you know for future purposes so um yeah some, some of them were good some of them weren't as good as they were supposed to be and um but you know at the end of the day you need all the experiences you can get so i'm thankful for all of them and you know i would definitely still do this project if I was to go back and take the job again. I would definitely do all of them because they they have served the purpose or they will help me sometime in life. So I don't think, I don't do any project and say, oh, it was a mistake. No, it's not a mistake. But each experience will help you either know how to tackle a future problem or how to avoid a future problem. So, yeah. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about um, some of these positive experiences you've had from working on these projects. Can you like, tell us some of them, the positive experiences? Um, positive experience in terms of, um, okay, for one, um, there's some projects that I've worked on that um, I like when people are being professional. You know, we're not bringing sentiment into the work. It's not about you know, you, if we don't like each other, it's strictly just about the work. So I do appreciate it when I, I'm on a, a set and everybody is being as professional as they can be. Yeah. So uh, 
that helps with your experiences so that you know that whatever that is happening is that it's nothing personal is you understand that is the work and that's that's what you need that's the experiences you need the work experiences not how you personally feel about the project or how you personally feel about me as a makeup artist or as a head of department so um that that for professionalism there are some you know good experiences with um in terms of teamwork um the the whole crew is in sync and and nobody's trying to pull anybody down or be like, oh, it's your fault. I threw you under the bus. Yeah. It's like teamwork going. So everybody's trying to, you know, make this project work. So everybody's mind and soul is like, let's make this work. We have to make this work. So it's not about, oh, it's your fault. It's not my fault. There's no being being pointed around. Instead, we're trying to find a solution together as a team to, you know, move the production forward. Um, I've had good experiences in terms of financially. Yeah, it's it's always a good thing when you get paid how yeah. you you know your work. You yeah. Know? So when people pay you your work, it helps in you know in your experiences and on in, in our work because you know some I, I've had productions where I wasn't paid well and maybe I did it because maybe I thought the story was good. And I feel like I'll, this story needs to be out there. But then at some point, it will become a problem because I find myself saying, yo, you guys are not paying me so much for all this stress. You know, those kind of, oh, those kind of comments. We all make them yeah. when we don't get paid as much as we're worth. So yeah, in terms of financially, I've had good experiences with that too. Um, yeah, there are lots of them, but I would just say this one. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know you have worked on you've worked on music videos, film, TV, commercials, short films. Like, what's the difference? You know, working on these different types of projects, like with pacing and everything. Um. Okay. Um. Let me. Okay. So, music video, commercials, feature-length film, and short film. Um. So, technically, or how it should be. Feature-length films should take a longer period of time to shoot because it's a bigger script, it's a bigger story, it's you know it's uh, it has more um, uh, more crew members, it has a lot more actors or whatnot. Yeah. So that takes a lot more time to film, to put together, to plan, to you know to to even you know bring out the end result of. Because there are so many things, there are so many moving factors you have to consider. Um, while like um, a short film, you can do a short film with uh, with as, as little as your phone, right? Yeah. You can shoot with as little as your phone and with a couple of friends. Or if you want to be all professional, you can. If you have the money, you can hire a, a, a capable team and hire like good actors and all of that, depending yeah. on what you want to do with your film, if you want to put it in festivals and all of that. So you have to like, you know, make it a bit more festival worthy for yeah. you to, um, so um, that most times it doesn't take that long to shoot, um, depending on how it is. I can say highest a week maximum to shoot a short film, hmm. but most times it's like, Three days, four days situation, but that depends on how how this how short 
the story is and what the content of the script is. Maybe maybe you have too many locations in the short film, maybe that's how it is. And so that would require a lot of moving up and down for the crew and all of that. And that would take time. So hence why we need more extra time to shoot that. So um so Future Lens takes a lot a bigger a bigger crew, bigger actors. Um when I think well not bigger actors, like more actors, more because yeah. like background actors, main characters, supporting roles, all of that, day players. So there's a whole lot there's a lot more actors involved in future length film. While in the short film it could just be one person, it could be two people, it could be modern, but you know, most times in short films is always limited to a, a quite a number of people, maybe two people, three people, that that's it, you know? Because yeah. it's a short film and just you can't put a lot in it so that the story doesn't get lost in the midst of all those people. Except it's essential for your story that these people are there. But um then um commercials commercials is um commercial we like to say commercial is like a you know, a chilled kind of work um, where um, I'm saying this in terms of makeup, yeah. not saying in terms of pre-production. I'm talking about my department. Huh. In terms of makeup, it's more really chilled work because um, there's not, I wouldn't say it doesn't have a lot of creativity, but it, most times you don't do character creation. In, yeah. Um, in, in commercial, you know, for example, in a commercial, it doesn't matter if a girl is wearing makeup and she's just waking up in bed, you know. Yeah. If the commercial is about good skin or whatever, then she would have to look flawless. So you would have to do something to make her look like the most beautiful girl on earth. So it doesn't, nobody is going to, you know, question you as against an actual film. Um, a short film or a feature length film and somebody's waking up on bed and we see she's wearing makeup. Yeah. So, you know, people would definitely have their say in that. But in commercials, people don't really put that much interest in it. As long as you are passing out the message of whatever brand or product you're trying to um, sell to the people, I think that's all people need to see. And, oh, it's nice. you nice commercial in general. You're picture is great, your art direction is beautiful, uh, all that. Nobody really puts that much interest into the makeup, except you do like a really horrible job with the makeup that yeah. is like, whoa. But most times it's it's not as creative. It's not all of them. There are some commercials, for example, um, there was this, is it Etel ad with uh, um, the Aflaio guy? Yeah. Then, years back that he needed to look like he was stranded in an island and he needed to like do beards and all of that and you know, he had to hire a special effects person to do all of that huh. so that's just those few times that you get a little bit of creativity in there and make the person you know look the part and all that but aside from all those few times you don't really have so much work to do so um so yeah commercials take um about depending on on the production company, depending on what you're shooting. Some commercials take maybe like an Instagram ad, it could take like a day to shoot. Yeah. But it doesn't take as much time as a feature length film. It's, it's three days, four days, five days stops. 
depending on how many commercials you're about to shoot for a particular brand. Um, yeah, for music videos, um, music videos, um, yeah, so music videos have, um, gives you the, the, you know, the space to be creative sometimes and um, some, some don't. Some is just pretty straightforward. We just want pretty girls, so let's just do that. Some have some, you know, some creative makeup looks that they really want, and you know, it allows you to do, you know, a little bit of um, maybe some avant-garde kind of situation, or yeah. just you know, play and all of that. So, and um, sometimes they require special effects, and this is that, um, and they don't really take so much time to shoot. I think the highest I've shot a music video was two days. Okay. Um, yeah, music videos take a whole day, just a whole day, and you guys are done. So, um, yeah, um, so in general, future length film gives you more room to be creative, more room to design your characters, design their looks from, from maybe hair to um, the makeup and also liaison with the costume department to see how all that fits together. Yeah. Um, it takes a long time, you know, it's, uh, it's more exciting, has more experiences and all that. Versus the short film that just takes a few times that you can even do with your phone at home, anywhere, um, except for festivals, so you, then you need to be a little bit more professional. But mm. the commercials, don't really give so much room for creativity than the music video that one day, two days talk. So yeah. Do you like have more jobs that is just kind of um, normal makeup or, you know, people tend to kind of push what they do with the makeup? Okay. I think um, I do get um, more film, feature length film jobs and that have, you know, a feature length film alone allows you, like I said, allows you to design your character looks hmm. and and it's, they're special effects. Most of them do have special effects, you know, even if it's the tiniest detail of special effects, most of them do have special effects. Yeah. So, um, so I, I mean, my profile says film makeup artist and and most of the time it's for well most of them are film i mean the commercial could be shot like a film music video could be shot like a film so but mostly movies mostly movies mostly the feature length films and short films but mostly feature length films that have special effects um so since i have a team so it's always easier for the feature length film i have people that work with me and you know, I don't work a lot, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's easier to do this, and we get those kind of jobs. You know, more than those. Okay, um, so like with with a feature film, you know, being the head of the makeup department, like how was the um longest kind of pre-production time you have been given? You know, before you had to go on set. Well. Um... <laughs> I've had I've had a, a project I've had a script sent to me like a year before they actually want to shoot it, okay. and you know and I keep revising the script, reading the script, talking with the director, and you see when there's a new draft, I have to read it all over again and do the same thing. So 
Um, yeah, so I, I can say um, a year. I've had a year. I've had a couple of months, but I think the month has been a year okay. that I got a year before the intent of shooting it. Yeah. That's that's nice. So, um, like, what's your process like when you get a script? What do you look out for? Okay. Um. So first of all, when I get a script, I try to understand the story. So I I don't read looking out for anything. So I just read like I'm just trying to you know read a story and I you know enjoy the story or not enjoy the story if the story is not intriguing. Mm. But I first of all read to just understand the story itself, what the writer was trying to tell us and all of that. Yeah. So afterwards, what I then do is I read the script again. Now I'm looking out for <clears throat> things in my department. So I start taking notes of the, the characters and how the writer is perceiving this character or how I'm perceiving this character maybe because of the way they talk or the way they, they act or something, yeah. or is there specific um, things written down for a specific actor. For example, I can read um, <coughs> Chike, Kate Five, Bob. So there's a, there's, a, there's a note there for makeup. Yeah. So this actor is Bob. So that means if they bring me an actor that has hair, I have to make him bald because... Mm. Probably there's a reason why this actor again character needs to be bald. Maybe it adds something to the story. Except the director says otherwise and it doesn't matter, then that's fine. So I'm reading the script the second time, looking out for things that concern my department, taking notes of all the characters, writing down writing them down or highlighting them, whichever one I'm doing at the time, highlighting each character and then after which I go ahead to do a makeup breakdown for each character. And most times I do makeup and hair breakdown because most times I do, I'm in charge of makeup and hair department. So um, I'm looking at, um, oh, this actor, it's not just, when, when there's makeup, it's not just about the women. It's not just about the foundation and whatnot. They're the men too. We also have to make their characters look the part. Because yeah. I, I think people only, when they see makeup, they only think about the women. And that's not right. Yeah. Because they're not the only ones that wear makeup on sets. It's meant to wear makeup on sets. So um, I'm looking at um, an actor, um, a character, and, and he needs to be, maybe he's like, he works at a corporate world. So technically, someone that works in a corporate world would want to look the part. He cannot have like, bushy hair he's always like you know neatly looking and all of that so nothing yeah. about him is you know, crafty looking or any of that except like i said the writer specifies that and that is because it has something to do with the story maybe afterwards something happens and then he decides to get clean yeah. and maybe someone you know something like that but if not in general i'm making a makeup breakdown for of this character so when i'm done with this breakdown I then go ahead to make a mood board for the director and for the production team to see what my idea for each character is. Yeah. So uh, a mood board, for people that don't know what a mood board is, is basically a pictorial representation of your ideas. 
right? So if I want, if I'm saying, oh, I want this guy to look like super fresh and he's always clean shaved and all of that. So when I'm when I'm doing a mood board, if his character name is um, uh, his character name is Leo, I would say, oh, Leo is always a clean shaved looking guy, and this is what I think he should look clean shaved. And I think whoever Leo is playing should have a beard or should have a mustache or should not have any. We should be super clean down there because maybe he's a military guy or whatever. So all those kind of details. If, obviously, if it's a military guy, if you don't know anything about military people, you have to do your research. Yeah. You have to know, oh, do military people keep hair? Do they do this? Do they do that? Can they have uh, you know mustaches if, if not um, a beard? So you have to put all that in there and be like, yeah, um, this is my my presentation for this character. So um, for example, if characters develop over time in the film, mm. for example, there was a looking guy initially, and then all of a sudden he had to Google clean shape. You have to show also that, okay, this is the kind of scruffy I'm looking at. There are different levels of scruffy, yeah. right? That there are different levels to someone looking scruffy. There are people that look scruffy and still look really attractive with their scruffy. There are people that look scruffy and they just they just plain disgusting to you. So it depends on the level of scruffy you're looking at. So you have to also show a picture representation of okay, this is the level of scruffy we're going with. It's nothing too crazy, nothing too clean, but you looking at him, you know this person has not shaved, you know, whether in like three weeks or four weeks or whatever. Yeah. And then you know the position, oh, this is it. Okay. When he's clean shaved, this is the kind of clean shave I'm going for. I'm not taking out his whole hair. I'm just bringing it down a little bit. This is it. This is the kind of haircut he's gonna be having. Um you know, men have different haircuts and each actor should have a kind of haircut that will suit the act, you know, the character and all of that. It's not just oh let's cut his hair. You know, yeah. If it's a then do that. If it's gonna be a skin, then do that. If it's gonna be a, a, a mohawk or whatever, depending on the character, you do that. You know, so if his hair is gonna have a color, if he have, if he's gonna have a colored hair for some reason, then you have to put a picture representation of which color you're gonna use, yeah. which color you think represents this actor. You know, so um, I mean, we do all these things and. Most times when we come with it, all of them change because maybe you do it and the director is like, ah, oh, I'm not feeling it anymore. Let's just do something different. Yeah. You know? Most times it doesn't always go, you know, it doesn't always go the way it, it is on paper. So yeah. So that that I think that that's my process in general. Oh, okay. Um, you know, after that to the production team and they look at it and if the director has any notes or anything he has to say at that point during pre-production, he will send it back to me and I'll take notes of that. Then I also make adjustments when the cast, when I see the, the cast. Yeah. So, for example, if, if I was going for a specific character that I wanted him to have a full hair, and for a reason, they casted someone that naturally is bald. Yeah. I have to make that work. I would have to make the character be bald. You know, I have to tweak my mood board to suit the, the cast that I'm seeing before me, you know? Yeah. So 
there are some certain kind of makeup looks that might probably um the cast I'm seeing, I'm like, okay, because of the way her face shape is, if I do this type of makeup on her, it wouldn't really work out the way that I'm envisioning it. So I would have to change all those kind of things. So it's uh that that's my process. That's where it ends. And so we go on set and if there's any changes, we do them. If there's none, then we stick to what we have now and move forward. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask, um, do you tend to notice that most directors kind of have a very strong idea of how they want the characters to look or they pretty much most times kind of go with your interpretation? Well, most times the directors have a say, like, and at the end of the day, it's the director's vision you are trying to carry out. It's not my vision. I'm not the, it's not my film. It's not the carrying out film, you know, it's going to be whoever that is directing film. That's, the, that's how it's going to play out in TV. So um, if the character, if the director insists, oh, I need this man to look, I, I will make a strong argument as to why, that is why I'm, I'm the head of department for makeup. I should have a reason as to why I want this character to look this way, right? That is why we're all there to, yeah. um, so, you know, to work out this whole thing, it's not, I mean, naturally, I don't, I've not worked with any director that was very strict on like, oh, this person was look this way. I don't care what you have to say. No. Yeah. Um, if you make a strong argument and he could see as the reason why, then he would let it be. But if, if you can't defend your mood board, and then he would do whatever he wants. So, because you know, and uh, it's, you know, sometimes it, it's 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 sometimes you know, he's the director boy. He he doesn't major in makeup, so he might not see the way you're saying it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. He has you know, he has stays in all the looks. He knows. Yeah, in my head, I want this to look this way, but he doesn't have in full detail why it should be this way or why it shouldn't be that way or that kind of thing. That is why we have all these departments so that the experts in each department can say, oh, yes, if it's this way, then it has to be this way. If it's not going to be this way, then it happens. This is what would go wrong. With this. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, directors do have their opinions. Sometimes I do defend my football, but sometimes they were like, no, 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 let's just do it this way. And I'm like, okay, fine. But I think it's important to defend your mood board and defend it with your food chest. Yeah. <laughs> because it, yeah. uh, it, it, sometimes it helps show that, okay, you actually know what you're doing and, you know, it would help, you know, when you're communicating with the director, you know that, okay, I, she knows what she's doing so I can fully trust her. So that will reduce more, less work on the director, you know, with teamwork. So however to take away the pressure you help definitely do you do you have any tips for like directors you know kind of in getting the best out of their makeup artists on sets i think they should all know the fundamentals of makeup like just the basics like okay for a basic film makeup this is how basic you can get yeah we shouldn't have crazy crazy looking lashes everywhere or I think most directors understand this though, but you never can tell. Like I said, I've not worked with any director that hasn't that I don't know, that has a problem with 
the way they do makeup or any of those things. Okay. All right. So, yeah, is there any um, is there any movie you've watched and you you're like in your mind? I wish I was on the makeup team of this film. Of course, there are so many films. So, can you please so, mention some of these films? I will not do such things, but <laughs> because those guys are, I like some of them. I know who the makeup people are, and you know I could meet them somewhere, and it, it wouldn't be nice. That they think that I'm bashing their work. Yeah. I mean, I know they're trying their best, but I think it's a thing of when people are not actual film makeup artists. Yeah. Yeah. They are regular makeup artists, you know, the ones that can do makeup and put on Instagram and all of that. But um, when you are not a film, there's a difference. People don't seem to understand it. There is a difference. There's a, a huge as difference. There's a difference between a regular makeup artist and a film makeup artist. Yeah. Because makeup artists on Instagram or bridals or whatever, they're they're not doing makeup for camera, mm-hmm. right? There's no there's no four K light hitting from anywhere. There is no light hitting the bride from anywhere. It's all natural light, you know. Yeah. And little you know there is no heat where they are huh. so there are different things to how you should do makeup there are so many things you should put into consideration and sometimes even working with a certain dp dps that understand some certain things they will tell you okay let's do this let's do that so um i can't say oh this film i wish i was a makeup person no They've done it. The film is out there. I'm sure maybe they look at it, they might see their mistakes. Or I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm perfect, but I think I'm I'm, I'm on it. You know, like yeah. I really, I'm it's you know I'm with my team. Obviously, when you start out, you you're still learning. But I think so far I'm on it. You know, like you don't do heavy makeup here. You, know, you don't want the actor to be melting. While the the camera is rolling and you are like seeing foundation dripping down her neck because she's like, you know, or her forehead or something. So, that kind of thing. Um, So, um, there are a lot of things that I wish, you know, I'm like, yo, who is this person? How can you do this? How can you not have seen this? Why did you do this? You know? Okay, so yeah, you mentioned um, you know, you're you're on it. You know, you you know your yeah. stuff, and um, basically, you know how to get your results. So, what what are some of these things that you do to kind of, I guess, keep leveling up in the makeup game, film makeup game? Um, well, I try to you know watch some. Um, Film related makeup looks behind the scenes. Some um, listen to like other like um, Hollywood makeup artists talk about their work or what they do on set, how they handle their stuff and all that. So um, so it helps when I see because I mean we're trying to be like Hollywood. So yeah. who better than Hollywood people to you know tell you or teach you what to do. 
So um, just by listening to what they have to say, you would learn a couple of things. So I try to stay informed, I guess. And I have a basic film makeup training. I went to a film school and I got a basic film makeup training. And I mean, when I got there, I understood why we have to do the makeup a certain type of way and all of that, you understand? Because before then, I was like, yeah, I get it, but then I don't really get it. Yeah. So I try to put that into my work that I do. When I do films, I don't do a lot of... If, if, you, if you look at my the films that I've worked on, well, since... Let me say since... 2019, 2019, 2020. Yeah. Because I started filming, I started filming like 2017 or so. So, and I started working alone 2018. And then, it, you know, it would take a while for you to build up yourself and all of that. So, by 2019, I was, you know, I've, I've, I went to a film school in 2019 and I got to understand some certain so from 2019, I don't do colors on make on film on set. Okay. Because once we watch Hollywood films, right, and I've noticed their female characters never have colors in their faces. Like there's no colored eyeshadow anywhere, yeah. you know, distracting from society or one crazy eyelashes like flapping up and down. Uh-huh. You know, I get it. It's a trend here that we have to wear lashes, all that. It's like a color. We like colors. Yeah. But the thing is that I work, this is work. I'm on the film set and the shooting on the set, we don't, you don't, we don't shoot sequentially. We don't shoot in one, in two, in three, in four. No. We're shooting 20 and then we're like in 96. So if I need to switch a makeup and I have colors everywhere, on her face. Yeah. Let's say she has, she's, so I did a colored makeup on her and next thing she's supposed to be very subtle and she's at home. I would not allow her wear color. Why is she wearing makeup at home in the first place? Yeah. So now that would make me want to wipe her down. So now this is me causing downtime, one. Me putting um, um, stress or it's causing stress on the actress because I'm wiping. Wiping makeup is very to be honest, is annoying. I wear makeup and I know how wiping off makeup on your face is. It's really annoying and it stresses the skin, yeah. right? And when an actor has been shooting the whole day and then you want to wipe her makeup and then in the next you have to put it back on again, it's, it really stresses them out. And we know how that can get. She can become cranky from that and it's a whole thing. So, so this is like a whole thing happening here for just using so many colors on people's faces, on actresses' faces. Huh. So now, you not doing colors and having it as a simple, basic makeup, so that even if you must do color, for example, um, say she attends, she's attending a, um, a party or something, let the color be on her lips, that, because that is the only place that will not be so stressful to remove makeup on. Yeah. Taking off makeup on Sunday is very stressful. Because they're like, they're like your crease, there are so many things, it's a delicate part of your face because your eyes are there and you have to like constantly rub on it and all of that to take out the makeup. 
So it 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 causes downtime and it stresses your acne. So it, versus when I have nothing nothing on her eyes, just a a skin tone situation going on on her eyes, right. and I need to switch from a party look to her just in the house regular, nothing happening. So now I don't I don't have to cause so much downtime. All I need to do is wipe off her lips and put chapstick on it, yeah. and she's as down as possible, you know. So. And now I'm saving time of the production and I'm not stressing my actor. So I've noticed this in Hollywood films. It is only on very rare occasions. For example, if a character is a prostitute, that they make emphasis on their makeup and put some color on them. Mm. You know, that is the only time you see that happening. But like a regular day-to-day um, actor and you are the lead character and you are just a, maybe a police officer or just a regular person. Even the people that even films that have to do with fashion, yeah, they don't do crazy with their faces, you know. Um, and this film is all about fashion and looking glass. But yeah. if there is no like, there's no craziness going on on their face, even down to their lashes. But we like all those things, and it's, a, it's distracting to be honest. I've seen myself watching a film and I'm distracted by the lashes, and I'm like, what is this? Uh-huh. Why is this blinking so much? Like, what is happening? So. Yeah. You know, these are things um, I've noticed along the way and I've tried to, you know, tell uh, my team, like, okay, this is how I prefer we do my makeup. We don't accept this character is like going out to some sort of party. Then we have to do lashes, but the lashes have to be as flawless, as little as, you know, it's just, it's just there to enhance. We have to follow the rules of makeup. Yeah. Makeup is to enhance. We're not trying to change anybody's face from this to that. We're just trying to enhance what you have. So that is how I work now, you know. So most of my most of the people that I work on don't have colors in their eyes. Even if they do have anything on their eyes, it's gonna be um, close to their 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 base to um, color. The yeah. base, the their eyes, uh, their skin color. It has to be very close to it. You know, so that even if I, I'm trying to make a switch, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter, right? So um, I think these are important things that we really need to work on in in film makeup. Because I, I I watch a lot of films and all the actors are looking the same because they have the same shape of eyebrows. They are all wearing the same eyeliner. They are all wearing big big lashes. They are mm-hmm. all looking so glamorous. And I'm like, yeah. there is no character differentiation here. All I'm seeing are all made of women, glam, glam, glam. So how can I, how can I define this character by just looking at her makeup? Because that is what we're trying to do. I'm supposed to tell a character. I'm supposed to tell you a story about this character from the way she looks. Yeah. You know, all of them are looking the same. I'm not trying to tell me they all have the same character. They can't all have the same character. You know, even if they are all prostitutes, all prostitutes cannot have the same behavior. It's not all persons that like to wear makeup. It's not all persons that like to wear lashes. You know, they'll have, they'll all have their own thing. They, they are still individuals in that yeah. much as they all have. You know, so we're supposed to tell a story about a character from their makeup as well. It's not just the story in general that is supposed to make sense. I'm supposed to an actor from the way she's dressed down to her makeup, down to her hair, and I can say, okay, I think this is this character is very reserved. 
and she's not all about the looks and all of that. You know, I should be able to tell a character from the next one. So I think it's really important we do that. And we, I, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. I'm implementing that and all of that yeah. through my work. When I'm watching films, I'll look out for it. Um, right. Yeah. At the beginning, you mentioned you've had some like experiences on film sets that were not so desirable. Um, what would you say you would like to improve in the way the Nigerian film industry works? Like, what bothers you the most that you want to change in the whole industry? I think for the most, I would like to change the concept of um, a production thinking that because you've hired me for this job, I am somewhat a slave to you, thereby making me work 24 hours a day and you never pay me overtime. Yeah. And sometimes some productions do not even offer any apologies. There is no, oh, hi guys, I really understand that I stressed you all out, you know, this past um, few days. Please, I appreciate your efforts. I know this is not how we're supposed to work. I appreciate you guys and I, I, I hope, you know, um, we, we don't shoot like this anymore or something, you know, say something, be, you know, I mean, I'm not your slave because you're paying, you, you're not paying me to work 24 hours a day. Yeah, definitely. You don't work 24 hours a day. So why do you want me to work 24 hours a day? So I think we need to change that concept that, because they think it's all right for some reason. They're like, oh yeah, they're good over it, yeah, sure. Ujebi is not a new thing, I'm not my level. No, it's not supposed to be normal. If you want to keep me awake from now to the next morning, you have to also pay me to stay awake. Definitely. Because that, that is a lot of energy being exacted. That is way too much stress for a human body, Yeah. you know? So I think me, I would like to change that concept. That you are paying me doesn't mean that I'm entitled. I'm supposed to be walking that way or walk anyhow. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not nice. And it's really, really, I really don't like it when productions are not upfront about how they want to do a project. Mm. For example, you tell me, oh, you want to shoot for three weeks. Okay, good. And I charge you for three weeks. After beating down my price and doing all the scenarios, we now end up shooting for four weeks. Yeah. The one week of the extra one week, the uh, most of the time, the money to be paid then is not open for conversation. It always ends up with a either, oh, we'll find a compensation for you guys, which you might get, which you might not get. Yeah. Or it's just Nobody says anything, everybody's just like playing dumb. Oh, I didn't know you guys did an extra one week, you know? Uh. So, why not tell me, why not say, guys, we're looking at, we're hoping three weeks, but we know something might go wrong and it will enter four weeks. So, tell me your charge for four weeks. Yeah. Right? So, if we end up shooting for three weeks, then we can resolve that. We can always say, oh, okay, we did shoot four weeks. You know, it has me for four weeks, so we have to remove money from that and pay you for three weeks. Yeah. That is fine. That is fine with me. But you tell me, oh, we're shooting for three weeks and we end up shooting for five weeks or whatever. Or even three weeks and a day. 
even that one extra day, we should talk about it. Yeah. You should give us the option to talk about it, to say, give us the option to say, oh, guys, don't worry. You don't want an extra payment for this one day. It shouldn't be a decision you guys have to make and we all have to just go with it, right? Yeah. We all have to have that, oh, guys, you guys want us to pay people for the extra one week. If you want us to pay, please come and stand in line. Let's discuss. Right. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't even be an an option that you choose. It's just being professional. You use extra time, and then you should pay for that extra time. I have worked in several projects, and trust me, what I'm telling you is real. That is what they do. I don't know why, but so far, that's what I'm saying. Like the fact that it's just not open to conversation is just the most ridiculous thing about it. It should be open to conversation. You're not supposed to tell me what you will tell me. We should discuss about it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to, it's not supposed to tell me, it's, it's going to take out of you here. Like, don't, no. Because if, if this is an office job, you will pay me as we discuss, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You pay me at the end of the month, you give me, at the end of four weeks, you give me two amount of money, right? Yeah. If it's a contract, at the end of my, yeah, I'll just carry my bag and go, but Yes, film film projects. Most of us we're on a contract, but we don't even abide by the contract. They don't even abide by their own contract. Yeah. They're just looking for when, so they'll be like, oh yeah, you signed the contract. But they don't remember that. Yes, I signed the contract with you, and my contract says I'm only to work for two weeks. Huh. But I've been working and I have not complained once. So why is my fee for that extra one week not open for a conversation? So it's just I don't know who needs to do it i guess it's part of production but we really need to check that because it's not fair yeah at all people, people come out work for you with their whole heart trying to make a film for you and you all you think about is how you're going to cheat them out of out of what is right not fair yeah we should do better so yeah um Karina, how can people keep up with your work? Yeah, I have social media um, on Instagram, and that is at Karina SFX Official. Okay. Karina, my name, X Official, as in I am very official. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Thanks, Karina, for coming on the podcast. All right. Thank you so much, Karina. Thanks. We have come to the end of this episode. Please remember to leave a rating and a review. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Selector Film and the podcast also on Instagram and Twitter at the Niger Film Pod. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.